Hello, everyone. Uh, uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the Weekly Regular. Before we jump into the uh, episode, we have a fun one with uh, with Derek. We talk about Dune and the new Spider-Man trailer and all that. Um, and that'll be fun. We'll get to that in a moment. But uh, before we do, I just wanted to announce that uh, the Weekly Regular is going to go on a little bit of a hiatus. Um, we are going to take the holidays off. Um, so I will not do another episode probably until the first week of January. Um, th- this is for two reasons. Uh, one, you may notice that the episodes have been less weekly and less regular. <laughs> um, that is because uh, life has just been wild. Um, as life is opening back up and 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 comedy shows are coming back and uh, DJing gigs are coming back and life is just, you know, full throttle back to, for the most part, back to normal, uh, some sense of normalcy. Um, things have just gotten kind of chaotic. I've for- literally forgotten how to use a calendar and how to use a scheduling thing. And my life has been a whirlwind of, uh, of, of, of coming back online. It's like I've been asleep in stasis for two years and everyone just flipped all the switches on the spacecraft I'm in and everything is booting back up. And um, I don't want this podcast uh, to suffer any longer because of it. Um, it has been, in my opinion, um, and so I don't want it to suffer any more than that. Plus, uh, there's some really cool ideas that I have for the show that I think I would like to implement, but I haven't really had enough time to give them thought because I've been up against the you know, the deadline I've given myself to try to get episodes out um, uh, as quickly as possible, ideally weekly. Um, and I want to be able to do that. Um, I know th- those of you who do listen appreciate the weekly aspect of it and so i want to be able to do that and show up to that intentionally um so we're going to be taking a break uh so i can work on those things uh uh, i'm going to be um adding some elements to the show i believe um uh the stuff you love about the show will not disappear uh we're still going to talk about the stuff that i love to talk about movies tv video games uh, everything everything i like so pop culture whatever we're still going to do all of that but um there are some tweaks i think i'm going to make to the show and i'm having conversations about um all of the friends i'm having some conversations with all of the friends that have been on the show that have helped make the show wonderful drew derek um chelsea um zach uh brandon of course um just we're we're gonna have conversations about um what we can do moving forward and how we might retool the show a little bit to make it a little bit more um uh structurally feasible for me and um and just yeah have some fun so we will be going on a break after this episode until i'll just call it the first week of january and we will uh hopefully be back weekly by then um because i do love doing this show uh i enjoy doing this show I'm going to be doing some more podcasts uh, in the future, um, but before I take more onto my plate, I want to uh, I want to make sure that I'm uh, showing up for this one well um, because this podcast is my baby and I love it and it gives me an outlet to to talk about stuff that I love and I and the fact that any of you who are listening to this, the fact that you all listen to this uh, is uh, I, I value it immensely because I I don't make any money from this podcast is literally just like a uh a labor of love i have other podcasts that, that will uh hopefully make some money i don't know we'll see but um yeah uh thank you for listening to the, listening to this one uh it's it's a pleasure to do this show thank you to everybody who's been a part of it all the guests that we've had um since our first guest gary the wrestling expert to uh derek 
best friend from college. Uh, yeah, I love you all, and we'll be back in 2022, which sounds crazy to say, um, with more Weekly Regular. But until then, please enjoy this episode um, with Derek from college talking about Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Uh, we get into uh, an in-depth review of Dune, and we just talk about other stuff craft beers and all that kind of stuff as well uh yeah thanks for listening and uh i will see you next week you have to listen to this episode uh during the week of christmas so that what i just said is relevant so i'll see you next week Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan, and I am joined once again by good friend, best friend of the show, Derek from college. What's going on, Derek? Not much, man. How you doing? Happy Friday to you. You too. I'm doing well. I'm uh, uh, polishing off a Pop-Tart right now. Very nice. I guess if I wanted this episode to be evergreen, I would be like, well, happy day to you, sir. <laughs> happy day <laughs> at some point in the continuum of time. in the past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, or the future, who knows? Or the future, that's true. Um, How's the Pop-Tart? What Pop-Tart are you eating? Oh, classic uh, frosted strawberry. Gotta go with the classic frosted strawberry. I'm more of a chocolate Pop-Tart guy myself. I like more of the, good uh, the savory side, desserty kind of stuff, but um, mm-hmm. that good classic strawberry, you can't beat mm-hmm. it. Yeah, no, I like the chocolate ones too. I'm, I'm a fan of most of the, most of the uh, Pop-Tart you know, uh, rogues gallery. Well, that's because you're not a monster. That's true. I'm not, <laughs> but I do play Terrible one on TV. People don't like, okay. who doesn't like a pop tart? Honestly, <laughs> who throws a shoe? Who throws a shoe? <laughs> um, what'd you do this week? <laughs> oh, dude, I just worked the entire time. I was constantly just, you know, making that bread, I guess. Mm-hmm. Felt more like a hustle than making bread, but you know, I hear you. Whatever, you can't win them every week. Um, yeah, let's see. What else did I do this week? I, you know, this week was kind of a blur. To be, to be frank, it very much sped by, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I kind of don't really remember what happened. <laughs> to be honest. It was all a it was all a dream. It was like a blur. It really was. It just feels like it's all a dream. I'm like, what'd you do? I'm like, I d I don't know. What day is it? Like, I know it's Friday today because of what I was where I was working, but other than that, I've got nothing for you. Like, I couldn't tell you like what's going on. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Oh, I did start watching what we do in the shadows. No, oh, there we you go. Know, speaking of our Matt Berry impersonation. <laughs> yeah. April. <laughs> yeah. Um where'd you start from the very beginning? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I started from the very beginning. Um, I actually haven't really seen it. Okay. By the way. So I've been trying to um, catch up. Yeah. And what's, your, what's the verdict so far? How, how many oh, episodes it. are I you mean, in? It's, it's, the, it's the best kind of humor, honestly. Yeah, like, totally. It was that, fir- that first or second episode or something like that where um, Matt Berry is going out to his <laughs> garden and a werewolf is peed in it. <laughs> and then he's just like personal vendetta against, his, uh, against the werewolves because they peed yeah. in his, um, what does he call it? It's the, it's the, it's the uh, horticulture that's designed to look like women's <laughs> women's vaginas, like the yes, the, the it's like, what does he call it though? It's I like, forget. 
<laughs> but it's like it's like um it's like uh like a shrubbery art. It's like yes, uh, it's, I forget what yeah, it's called though. Yeah. Yeah, you, you sculpt plant like you, you come into his garden originally and then he's like, I made this one a rabbit. It's a bunny. And it's yeah. my favorite because it turned out exactly the way I like it. Yeah. And then he's like, This is my special garden. And then it's just like, <laughs> It's just like yeah. vagina topiaries. Yep. And, just, and I guess the one the werewolf peed on the one of his of his mom and he just like loot That's it. Yeah. Also, dude. every time, dude, Colin Robertson is so freaking funny too. The energy of it, like, jeez, yeah. I was losing it when he was in the um the city count, like the the town council meeting, uh-huh. and he just has that full stack of three by five cards. It's probably like the like the the. Like the length of my thumb, it's that thick of three by five, five cards, and it just so. In conclusion, and they're just like, "Oh my god!" I love the, uh, I love like the the sound effects, like when he's doing it too, like the little like music cues. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like when he starts to train people. Dude, Colin Robinson is my favorite character. He is he's so, so funny. Good. He's so good. Like um, the other ones, like I love. Oh, the one that. Got me too. Anyway, I, we could keep going on and on about this, but like, yeah. So I started watching What We Do in the Shadows, and I actually, so you know what? Welcome to the What We Do in the Shadows, a Son and Derek fan cast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Um, um. Yeah. No, that show's great. Uh, I started watching that, um, and then I also need to. I was gonna get to it, but I just didn't to this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kin on AMC. Okay, I haven't heard of that. Charlie Cox is in it. Oh, okay. And it's about the Irish mafia. Oh, well, there you have it. And there we have it, my people. <laughs> I didn't know Charlie Cox was Irish. I don't know. Let's look it up. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, I just assumed I he just was. In, he's, well, it's it takes place in America. It's like the Irish mob oh, in America. So it's in like America. the Boston okay. Irish mob. Sorry, gotcha. I should have clarified that. <laughs> yeah, I was that, like... <laughs> that makes it a whole, because if he can't do an Irish accent, that makes that takes the show in a different direction. A totally, totally. No, that's cool, though. That sounds good. It, you're enjoying that so far, too? I haven't watched it yet. It just oh, popped up, okay. and I was like, I need to watch that. Gotcha, and then gotcha. I've, honestly, I've just been so tired at night. It's been, totally. I have enough time and energy for a Forged in Fire episode, and then I just go to sleep. Nice. Um, yeah. yeah, and that Forged in Fire, is that like sword-making show you watch? Uh, Knife-making that knife transitions making. into swords. So it's, gotcha. um, have you not seen it? I have not seen it yet. Oh, you might actually really enjoy it. Okay. It's um, four smiths all get in a room, and then they have to make a knife that's based off of either parameters set by the judges or in their own style. In the first round, they have to have a complete, basically what's a, what's known as a blank. So it's like the rough shape of the blade. If you can get it as finished as possible, totally cool. But then round two, they put a handle on it and then take it through some battery of like physical tests. Oh, okay. And then the last two smiths that are remaining, whoever uh, survives those two tests, then gets to go home to their home forges where they build a weapon from historic uh, from history. Okay. And then they come back and then they test it. Like by mm. slamming it into like rock and like throwing it across the room, it's really fun. Okay, that sounds yeah, I think that sounds you'd really great. Like it, yeah. I think I'm you'd really like I'm it. looking for more things to just put on right before I'm going I'm going to sleep. You know, this is perfect for that. Like cool. it's engaging enough to where you'll be like, oh, I'm interested, but yeah. then also you also can fall asleep to it pretty easily. Totally. So as long as you get once you get used to the sound of like hammers ringing on metal, <laughs> it's pretty just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Hopefully your house is not broken into by a bunch of welders. <laughs> by a bunch of hammer-wielding psychopaths. <laughs> He'll never know we're coming in because he watches this well, show. What if it's just an old-timey Victorian gang where it's, we're the blacksmiths? <laughs> they carry hammers and knives. <laughs> no, that's uh, that sounds great. I should watch that. And top hats. Yes, and top hats. Because, of course, how else will we know they're Victorian? <laughs> yeah, bowler, der, der, derby bowlers, or top hats. They're, yeah. they're one or the other. You cannot have. It's the uniform. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, so I highly recommend watching that. It's a pretty easy. It's an easy thing to get uh, to get into. Cool. Um, have you played the new Battlefield at all, at all yet? No, I haven't. Vanguard, I haven't had a chance to yet. No, that's the new Call of Duty. I'm talking oh, about Battlefield, Battlefield 2042. I'm so yeah. sorry. Excuse you, sir. Mind yourself, sir. I, w- I will. I apologize. My my sincerest apologies, good sir. You do um, best to mind yourself, sir. Minded. Yeah. No. Um. The the pre order like the if you get the like the deluxe edition you get like the game a week early so people are playing it now and I was just wondering if you had played it yet. Oh, I haven't. I, Battlefield's never really been one of those titles that I rush to get. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always kind of I always wait to hear and see kind of if people right. like that one. Right. And then because they're not all great. No. And the ones that aren't great, I haven't played mm-hmm. because I just kind of wait for the reviews. Honestly, that's I mean yeah. unless it's like. I don't know, like in my other line of, like in what I like to, like in my line of work with breweries, right? There are certain mm-hmm. breweries that are just no thinkers. You just buy whatever they make, right? Those are like, those would be like rock star, rock stars, like game. Oh, studios, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like whatever they're making, I'm going to buy. It's like mm-hmm. whatever North Park Brewing comes out with, I'm going to drink their beer because it's mm-hmm. going to be fantastic. Yeah. Battlefields have a consistency issue. Mm-hmm. That I that doesn't quite make. That's why I don't just. Like, is there run is right there a is like, there oh a brew? My God, I'm going to buy the ninety dollar <laughs> game and pre order it, and you know. Is there a beer brand that is uh that is uh, analogous to? Uh, yes. We'll wait and see. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, oh, they're making one of those, huh? Is it is that like it's so it's like the Sam like the Sam what is it Sam Adams of uh <laughs> of, oh, my of video games <laughs> You're showing your ignorance so so I, much. I'm I don't know anything Why about beer Why don't you know everything about the San Diego beer scene How yeah. dare you You mind yourself sir I just yeah, exactly I was just trying to think of a beer brand that like does like a new kind of flavor every once in a while you know Stone Oh, okay, Stone. We'll go Stone with Stone. Stone is That's essentially the Budweiser of craft beer right now. Gotcha. Okay. There's no innovation. There's nothing. They kind of just keep playing the hits. And they got rid of all their specialty projects. So it's a little uh, like, okay. what, why? <laughs> why? Why should it? Why? Yeah. I got you. <laughs> okay. Well, that's yeah. cool. Anyway. Um, this week, uh, what have yeah, I been do? doing? Uh, what did I do? What did I do this week? Um, I've been watching some movies. Uh, I've been watching TV. Um, I'm trying to see, besides Dune, which we're going to talk about today, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I've just been watching a ton of trailers, which we can hit uh, before we get into our review. Yeah, let's talk about those, because there have um, been a few that have been released this week that I haven't had a chance to to get, so we might just do first impressions. Oh, you know what? Before we get to trailers, I did watch Jungle Cruise last night. What'd you think? I enjoyed it. I thought it was fine. Um, it's definitely a, like a kid's movie. As schlocky as we were assuming? <laughs> Basically. Have you seen it? Yeah. I haven't. No. Okay. Yeah, it's no, fine. I need to. Yeah. I just, 
I don't know if I have like two and a half hours to like <laughs> totally. spend on that kind of movie. Yeah, I watched it over two nights. Uh, <laughs> That's a good yeah. call. That's what I need to do. I'll yeah. break it up into like 45 minute increments. <laughs> yeah, and then we- <laughs> it might be like, wow, that was great. Yeah, we basically watched like the first three fourths of it uh, the other night, and then we finished like the last thirty minutes of it uh, last okay. night. So it, it's fine. Got it's it. um, How's Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons is hamming it up. He's having the most fun in this movie. The time of his life. Yeah, <laughs> because if I was the bad guy in a movie yeah. that had Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt for a yeah. Disney movie, where I'm making more money than God yeah. for a month of work. How would you not just walk into work every morning with a smile on your face that just goes from ear to ear? Yeah. It's so funny seeing The Rock in a Disney movie because, you know, you're used to seeing The Rock in, you know, movies for other studios and stuff like that. But usually if he's in a movie, he's like the big star and there's not a whole lot of other big stars around him. Obviously, Fast and the Furious is different. But like when he's in San Andreas, he's kind of like the big the big deal. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? But in this, because Disney has... yes, His version of Die Hard? Yes. Yeah. Um, but in this, because it's Disney and they have endless pockets, like there are throwaway cameo roles by like huge actors. Like Paul really? Giamatti's in the movie for like five minutes. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay, now I'm going to watch this. Specifically, like, why'd you watch Jungle Cruise? For the actor cameos. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few cameos, and I'm like, there's a lot of big, like, actors in this. Uh, but how, no, it's, was, it's um, good. how was Jack Whitehall in that movie? He's, is like, that, the younger kind of... Is he, like, uh, what's-her-name's brother? I don't know. In he the might movie? be the... He wears a white suit. Yeah, okay, yeah. So he okay. he's he's fine. He, he okay. is, like, the comedic relief. He's, like, the Jonathan yeah. character from The Mummy. Oh yes, in the that, movie. Yes, that yeah. makes sense. Um, he is a British comedian. Oh okay. Gotcha. Who I he's got a couple stand ups on Netflix, but his whole shtick is this posh like daddy's boy that like you know he he, he essentially kind of, plays that character in the movie. Yes, so he yeah. that would make sense that it's playing to his brand. But he had a TV show on for a little while where oh. he plays this slacker who becomes a teacher for a bunch of misfit kids, and holy <laughs> cow, it's hilarious! That sounds really funny, dude. It's funny. Yeah, uh, this movie is essentially the same recipe as the the Brendan Fraser Mummy movie, except Brendan Fraser's character is the like chosen one with like the weird ties to the 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 stuff instead of the uh, Evie character. You know what I mean? Oh, but also, are you forgetting in the <laughs> mummy continuated franchise that Rick O'Connell is also an oh, that's immortal true. protector? <laughs> He's also he the chosen one <laughs> yeah. on his forearm when he that's was a kid true. in the orphanage. Do not test me on my mummy knowledge, son. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's it's essentially the mummy. It's like the exact same yeah. formula, right down to the opening uh, sequence with um, Emily Blunt. Yeah. Emily Blunt? Yeah, she uh she's on one of those like library she's on a in a library. Li- yeah. <laughs> yep. Ladder in a library. Yeah. There were so many things about that movie that like I'm slowly realizing, oh yeah, I guessed that pretty early on when I saw the trailer. Like they're just trying yeah. to turn this into a carbon copy version of their own version of the mummy. It is that. Um and it's fine. It's it's sure. fine. Completely harmless. It, it skews more a little bit more for kids, which is also fine. I kind of figured um, that too. Yeah, it was fine. But um let's talk about Let's these talk trailers about a movie we really enjoyed yeah well do you want to talk about trailers first or do you want to talk about let's talk about no, trailers kind of, first and then we can do trailers real quick? yeah and then we can end okay. with 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 dune okay I think. sounds good um just so we can you know we can spend as much time there as we need to because i know you're yeah. short today um but anyway uh obviously the big one spider-man no way home yep what'd you Which think getting punched by the air yeah what'd you think i thought it was great 
Yeah, I think yep. I'm. It's again. It's one of those. It's Marvel. Like it's not gonna be bad. I'm gonna enjoy it. It's 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 product specifically created for me. <laughs> like you know my type of person. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be fine with it. I just am getting tired. I'm exhausted of the whole like, are the Spider Men in it? Are they not? I'm like they are, and just say yes and let us be okay with it because we guessed it early on and that's okay. But mm-hmm. if we get it right, you gotta reward us at some point with something. So definitely, yeah. So the other that's literally my only thing about that trailer. I was like, wow, that looks fun, and then went, I just want them. I want this whole mystery thing to be done. Yeah. So I'm I'm very excited for the movie, even more so now after this trailer because I think although this trailer showed a lot in terms of like who is in it and sort of like the main conflict of the movie, I still right. think. Um, the majority of the fun of this movie, because I do think, I don't think Marvel is being, or Sony, I guess in this case, is being super coy about what the main thrust of the story is. I think they are being honest about it. It's about Peter Parker wanting to make everyone forget that he's Spider Man mm-hmm. and the spell goes wrong. Um, I know we had some, you know, thoughts about maybe it wasn't a spell, maybe that's just a ruse. I, I'm starting to think now maybe that is just the main thrust. The spell goes wrong. Um, villains from other universes come in and Doctor Strange is like, well, we just have to send them back to their universes so they can be killed by Spider-Man. And Peter has a crisis of conscience because he knows they can't stay in his universe, but also doesn't want to send these people back to their deaths. And so that's kind of like the main thrust of the movie. And I think that action scene that we're seeing at night with like the the three villains from the Sinister Six, mm-hmm. I think that is like the main third act like I think so too. Action sequence. However, I think the majority of the fun and excitement for this movie is going to come from all of the events that we're not seeing that lead up to that third act of yes. Peter and Doctor Strange. A dealing because I don't think those villains are the only people who come through the portals. No. And I think there I think uh there's going to be a lot of like Peter Parker and Doctor Strange kind of bumping heads and like trying things different ways. Like Peter's going to, I think the majority of this movie is going to be Peter trying to figure out how to get these guys back to their main timelines without like killing them or basically trying to find an alternate route. And I think there's going to be a lot of fun and stuff going on with that. Yeah. So there's also a rumor that uh, MJ is going to be, uh, or Zendaya's MJ is yeah. going to have another, we're going to see another fall. Yeah. Um yeah, we see it's alluded to in the uh, in the trailer so yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see how that that uh plays out. I think some I can't remember where I heard it, but someone said that um potentially that could be a moment where Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man is kind of redeemed and that would be a nice little mm-hmm. like poetic moment if he's the one who makes that save. Yeah. Um because he couldn't save Gwen in his universe. So there's some interesting things going on there. Um yeah. but there's I'm a lot excited to for play it. With. I think they showed us a lot in the in the trailer, but not. I don't think they showed us the majority of the movie by any stretch. No, 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 no. And that's the thing that I appreciate about Marvel is that no matter how much they reveal in their trailers, like it's yeah. not even the tip of the iceberg. Is there is like there is on. there a moment in the trailer that's like the most intriguing to you? Not really, mm-hmm. because I'll be honest. At this point, mm-hmm. I'm finally. After all these years, I think I'm finally starting to experience Spider-Man fatigue. (laughs) I know what you mean. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I've got, since 2003, I've made it since 2003, and now in 2021, (laughs) I'm like, I get it, 
<laughs> yeah. He's great. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. But I'm at that point where I'm like, there are other characters I'd rather spend time with right yeah. now. And Doctor Strange is one of them. You know what I mean? Totally. Because yeah. I feel like I feel like as we move forward with the MCU, Doctor Strange is going to be my new fill-in for my Tony Stark role. Like he'll be my new guy. But like, but even independently of that, there's just other places in the MCU I'd rather be spending my time with. And being with Spider-Man is great. But if the movies hadn't been talked about as much as they have been over the last couple of years, I don't think I'd be experiencing this. But because that's all anybody can ever talk, <laughs> think about. Yeah, I'm like. J- I'm just exhausted. I'm so tired of it. I'm yeah. so tired of seeing Spider-Man. I love Tom Holland. He seems like a really nice dude. I am tired of seeing his face on every screen I own all the time. Yeah. I'm like, you're it's it's one of those where there are they do this with stars every once in a while. I call it the Jennifer Lawrence effect, where she was America's sweetheart for like a couple of years and then was in every single movie they made and just over like just oversaturated and then it the you know and then she hasn't really done anything since you know right and it's kind of like i don't want that to happen with tom holland but they're in danger of doing it because and i honestly think it's sony being like look what we can do with spider-man yeah because we all know that marvel can do it yeah it's sony's trying to prove something and it's like you need to calm down mm-hmm and stop talking about it because <laughs> I am a huge Spider-Man fan and I am like, it's, it's too much guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I totally get you. Um, yeah. I think this, especially the last couple months have been extremely fatiguing just because everything's been leading up to this trailer for so yes. long. Um, now that it's finally here, it's like, all right, now can we not hear anything else until the movie? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. Final trailer's done. Everyone shut up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I almost like as grateful as I am for that trailer. Like I didn't need this trailer, honestly. Mm-mm. Like I would have been fine with just the first teaser and then go into the you, movie. Marvel movies are at this point where we don't need trailers. anymore. No, we How don't need boggling them. is that. Yeah. Where they could literally just be like, here's a teaser and it'll make billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they've proven themselves that we can trust their formula. Yep. That's very true. Um, uh, one part of the trailer that I think is the most intriguing to me is uh, the the sort of the suit that we see him in that has like the Doctor Strange powers infused oh. into it. Yeah, of the, course that, that looks How does crazy. That work? What's <laughs> yeah. going on there? Well, I think that's the All box. The I think that's the box. That's that. That's what that box is that Peter tries to take from um, Doctor Strange. I think it's like uh, what that box contains like Doctor Strange tech, quote-unquote, that like will yeah. help him like wield the powers. Because um, mm. I think that's part of what this movie is going to be is is Peter steals that box from Doctor Strange, creates like a suit with it that can harness his powers, and basically goes around to each one of the villains and tries to figure out like how to go about doing this without having to kill these dudes. Um, so I'm really interested like to see how it works. Psychedelic sequence, like much like Doctor Strange got thrown through the dimensions and like through yep. all that stuff. I would like to see him do that to Parker as well. Be like, oh, you want to play with magic? Let's yeah. play with some magic. I also think that might be, um, we might in that sequence when he does, because we see it in the trailer where he punches mm-hmm. Peter and he astral projects. I think we might get, um, like. We may that may be our first time getting the whole dot of uh, the whole um, 
excuse me, I cannot think of, oh, Uncle That's Ben, a, like the whole Uncle Ben mm-hmm. thing, I think there may, because that was like one of the trademarks of like oh. when Doctor Strange had to do it is he had to deal with like sort of his demons and his past kind of all at once as the ancient one was like, I think they're going to have one of those moments where like Doctor Strange is like, now that I've got you to settle down, uh, let's, you know, let's figure <laughs> out who you are as Spider-Man and why all of this is so important and why it's happening to you. And we may see the Doctor Strange or the Uncle Ben thing in that. Because we haven't seen it with this timeline yet, but so you're saying Doctor Strange would make a house call? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was terrible. I'll, <laughs> I'll see myself out. I'm so yeah. sorry. All right, that's been the weekly regular um, <laughs> forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I'm yeah. excited for Spider Man. It's gonna be good. Um, I think it's gonna be great. I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be awesome. Um, preliminary stuff coming out from people that have seen it already are like, it's insane, and I'm like, that's great. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. Um, what other trailers are out right now that we have not talked yet about? Well, something super fun that I was super big into when I was a child okay. is coming out. Apparently, Interplay Entertainment is uh, making an Earthworm Jim TV series. Oh, awesome! Yeah, I know. That's cool. Yeah, I saw. I remember that. playing like, the uh, okay. Earthworm Jim uh, video game. The video like game. Kid, For yeah. those of you who are not familiar, he's a worm that crawls into an animatronic suit, and you get to use his head slash body as a whip, like Indiana Jones. He's got a laser gun. It's a great game. It makes yeah. zero sense, and it is so much fun to play. <laughs> um, have you seen the trailer for Nightmare Alley? I have. Yeah. Yeah. It looks fine. Yep. It looks okay. It yep. looks like Guillermo del Toro was like, "Hey, famous people, you want to be in a movie?" And they were like, "Yeah." Is it going to make sense? And he's like, "Ha." What? <laughs> is it going to make sense? Exactly. Ex- yep. Exactly. <laughs> no, but is it like going to make sense? I know. <laughs> All right. See you later. You keep making films, though. <laughs> Just like walking out of a door. Yeah. We're, um, we're still filming. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> did you see... Uh, did, we talk, did we talk about Eternals? We haven't yet. I haven't seen it. I'm seeing oh, it on Sunday. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, it's, uh, have I given you my opinion on it yet? You have. I, I Maybe. I don't know. We recorded an episode recently, and I think we briefly talked about that. So that episode, I there was a malfunction on my end, no. and I didn't get your audio. So I don't think anyone's heard that episode. Um, Bummer. But that, it's, it's, it's fine. Um, because we're going to put this one out. And you haven't seen Eternals yet, and we'll get your opinion on Eternals, Eternals uh, at another time. Um, yeah, Eternals is... Uh, I enjoyed it. It's fine. Um, you could probably cut off the first hour of the movie, and it'd be you wouldn't lose a thing. A little um, bit, little bit pacing issues. Yeah, I think it's just they they were trying to. I think they they felt like they had to do more setup and exposition than they actually really had to do for okay. these characters. But nonetheless, uh, I enjoyed the movie. Um, there's a really I really like the third act fight scene. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, I enjoyed everybody in it. It's fine. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I've yeah. heard so many like just mick like opposite ends reviews. Right, 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 right. And from people like it seems to be one of those movies that like you either were like it's pretty good, or mm-hmm. you absolutely thought it was the worst piece of thing. Like yeah, you know, sure. over bloated, too much time, you know, pacing issues. Like the acting was contrite. You know, I've heard it all. So I'm actually really interested to see kind of what side of the uh, side of the fence I fall on. Yeah. No, it's 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 completely fine. I, I don't think it was bad, um, but it wasn't like honestly, like it. It's 
I think it's part of it is because the events of the movie are not ultimately super consequential consequential to the rest of the MCU, mm-hmm. um, at least for now. So um, it was it was fine. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, it's good, yeah. fine. Had a good time. I got you. It seems like it will go down in the history of Marvel movies like Captain Marvel. Not yeah. bad, yeah. but not great. Yeah. Just kind of yeah. I went and saw that. Yeah, exactly. Did um, it have anything to do with the rest of the world? The rest of the MCU at large? No. Did it <laughs> no. need to? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. Definitely not. But um. Let's get into uh, uh, something we both saw recently. Yes. <clears throat> Let's talk about uh, Dune 2021. <sighs> um, part one, Dune. as it said in the part opening title sequence. one. What did you think about the fact that it was just part one? Um, I thought it was interesting that they didn't market it that way. Um, I did too. Because... Uh, in in other in in movie franchises past, uh, they typically do market it as like the first one, you know, of mm-hmm. many. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, whether it's Hunger that, Games or, yeah. you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I thought that was an interesting choice. But when it said it in the title, I was like, okay, so that means that this story is not going to. We're not going to see the entirety of the Dune narrative in this story, which I was prepa- then prepared for when watching the movie. <laughs> Um, which is nice, I guess. Um, what did you yeah. think about it not being marketed as that, but then being that? I loved it. Um, I cool. loved it specifically for the way that the movie unfolds as you watch uh-huh. it. I felt that having it just be part one is was necessary, mm-hmm. specifically because this is a movie that is based on a book that is extremely dense about mm-hmm. space trade economics and religion like in the future and <laughs> how that religion is affected by space travel and colonization of planets and it gets very um it gets very the movie the, the, the book excuse me gets very bogged down in that mm-hmm. and so b- having a i think it was expertly done. You needed that space in the beginning before you get to the real events of the movie. The movie doesn't really start, mm-hmm. start, start until the third act. Yeah, you feel like you're watching, like, by the time you get to the end of the movie, you feel like you've just watched the prologue to another movie. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the thing, yes, exactly. And But that's kind of the way the book is in, mm-hmm. in its own way. And mm-hmm. it very much, the thing I liked about the movie was that Villanueva has such a weight to his movies. Like, his movies are heavy. Like, there's a physical almost weight that they carry when you watch them, Mm -hmm. at least for me, Um, because that's him churning through. Like, he takes Blade Runner, and he makes it Blade Runner. Like, he very much lets you know that his heavy hand of his directorial style is upon you. Mm -hmm. But the thing I liked about Dune, which is something I haven't seen before, and it's probably because the story he's telling is longer than what he normally tells in a single movie. Yep. He his presence is so heavy on screen and so af- like effective in the entire deal, mm-hmm. and um, sorry, my mom just texted me and I totally got me off my train of thought. No okay, problem. so his presence <laughs> is so heavy in the beginning and it really makes you go. It really lets you know that this is this is mine. I am making this mm-hmm. like I am going to. Um, it's his you vision know, for sure. It's my vision. You may like Dune, but this is not your Dune. This is right. my Dune, and I'm going to do that. And I love that about him. And I yep. love the fact that as the movie goes on, he has that presence. But as the movie goes, his presence sort of lessens, and it softens. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like he really needed one solid movie to be like, 
I'm setting the stage <laughs> permanently. Yeah. And then then the story can be told. And so it yes. felt like and I, I appreciate that about it because Dune needs that kind of yes. setup. Lord of the Rings needs that kind of set. You know what I mean? Yes. Like these are fully fleshed out. It's not like the Hunger Games, which is kind of this <laughs> like light like there's there's no real yeah the society's like outlined but there's no real if you really ask the author like what the economic like trade status of that world would be she wouldn't be able to tell you you right. ask frank <laughs> herbert and you're gonna be in for an eight-hour conversation about right. <laughs> intergalactic trade and how it relates to spice and the religion right the world the world building is really effective like you get it's, the sense that everybody knows exactly what's going on in the movie you yes. know what i mean yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like there isn't a single actor in that movie that doesn't understand the internal workings of that world. And I think that that, that is what made that movie effective. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think from moment one, like, um, Denny Villeneuve does such a great job of like establishing just sort of. Is it Villeneuve or Villeneuve? It's Villeneuve. He's French. So it's, it's I'm Villeneuve. trying to be fancy. I apologize. <laughs> no, it would be Villanueva if he was like um, Latin American or something. Um, but yeah, it's Villanueva. He's, yeah, he's, okay, he's a you. Frenchman. Um, but yeah, no, he does such a great job of establishing the world. And it, like, I was fearful of this movie because I have not seen the original Dune. Yeah. So I was I was afraid watching this movie. Like, am I going to be able to follow everything that's going on? And surprisingly, I was so able to follow everything that was going on, but he not did in a an bad way. Job. Yeah, not in a bad way. Like, oh, look at this predictable ass movie. Yeah. No, like <laughs> I just knew, I just was able to follow everything because of how ev everything was structured and laid out. And like, I, you just kind of get this like sense of how the world works in the movie. And and I think you need that because if you if you're spending the whole movie trying to figure out well well how does that work what then you're not paying attention to the drama of it. And I was able to pay attention to the drama of this in a in a really cool way. Totally. Yeah, and that's the thing I think that was the strongest part about this movie. Unlike, mm -hmm. like, it is the most... The franchise of Dune itself and the world of Dune that exists in the books is one of those heavy-handed deals that I don't really recommend people read it unless they're really in for, like, a slog, right? Like right. Dune, even in itself, is not... From watching the movie, you'd be like, oh, man, I want to read this book. It's not that entertaining. The yeah. book is very, it's cold. It's very full of facts. Like, it's very, do you want to know the environmental, like, the environmental, do you want an environmental impact statement about Arrakis? Well, then, yes, we have that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it's just like the thousands of years of harvesting spice. We have that for you. And it's yeah. in that book. Like, that's the level of, like, information that you get in that in that book. So I was very grateful they were able to take that and condense it down and mm -hmm. communicate that. Most of what Dune does successfully is communicate through visuals the stuff that the book communicates in writing. Mm -hmm. And it does it seamlessly. Mm -hmm. Like there are things that you, that people pick up watching that movie that I was realizing while I was watching it, I was picking it up and being like, oh yeah, well that would make sense because then I was like, oh, but that's in the book. So they found a way to just in the background somehow just nonchalantly communicate this whole world and I think that that is the thing. If they hadn't been able to flesh the world out as well as they did, I think the movie would have been an utter failure. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I honestly, the most effective element of this movie, in my opinion, is the casting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Villeneuve, he he always casts his movies very well. And I think, and whoever the casting director is, obviously does a stellar job every time. But uh, a consistent thing about the casting in his movies is. He understands which roles need to have more of a stilted kind of presence to them and which roles need to have a more grounded presence to them. Right. It's evident in all his movies. Like he he knows that like movies that take that they need in order for you to feel the drama, you, like you have to be able to not just relate to certain characters, but you have to have characters that ground your movie. You know what I mean? Every character in the movie can't be weird unless, I mean, you can make that choice, but it, but uh, it, I, in my opinion, dramas are more um, effective if there are at least, a, you know, a couple of characters that kind of ground um, the story, especially if you're going to have characters that are a little bit more weird. Oh, um, sure. Like, you have to have a Gurney Halleck for yeah. the Baron Harkonnens. Yeah, like, like you have to. Um, oh, by the way, my favorite fact about what was happening during filming is Stellan Skarsgård wanted to be naked more often on set. Nice. So he would literally, because he felt that was more threatening as the Baron, is just oh, to be 100%. this big naked fat man. Yeah. And so he would, he would get the prosthetics on and then just show up on set fully nude. That's and Villeneuve would be like, no. And he's like, it's more terrifying. He's like, I understand that, but we cannot do it. Yeah, that's like, so funny. People on set were like, "It was terrifying because mm-hmm. he's just this big shot with, and the prosthetics make him even bigger mm-hmm. and more like menacing, and he's just nude." So like, he was trying like for a bunch of those scenes when he's in the slip. Basically, mm-hmm. he was trying. He would they would take a break, and he would just forget it in his trailer, being like, "It doesn't work. We're gonna reshoot it naked." Yeah. They're like, "No, we literally cannot." Yeah, I kind of wish. Um, uh, I have one more thing on the casting, but before I get to that, I kind of yeah. wish Stellan Scard the way I like the way they depicted that character. Um, based on what uh, I've come to learn about the character afterwards, I kind of wish they would have made him bigger. Yeah. Like I kind of wish they would have made him like villain. grotesquely large. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like that's the Baron, dude. He's yeah. grotesquely, hideously large, and then he's also into little boys. And there's like murals yeah. and stuff all over his house. So he's weird. a disgusting character. But yeah. I was glad to be able to see that they communicated all of that totally very effectively with a uh, weird shower yeah. scene where you're like, <laughs> this guy's just a gross person. Yeah. Um, one more thing I want to say about the casting. Just um, mm-hmm. I think this movie does not work. Um, without Oscar Isaac, he to me he is like the MVP of this movie because ultimately, yes, Dune in a larger sense is more Paul's story than anything the Timothy Chalamet character. Yeah, it is. But in this particular section of the movie, like us buying into this universe, like really hinges on Oscar Isaac's character because Paul is is doing the whole you know I'm. I'm the chosen one and I'm in my head a lot and this is all weird and strange and I have superpowers kind of performance, which is what he needs to do. But to contrast that, you need a character like his father to be a very grounded performance and like because you need to buy that they have a bond like you need to buy that that's his father and that this you need to buy that most important to Oscar Isaac in all of this is that is legacy essentially is his son is being a good father like that's the you know what i mean and and his performance dude it's so subtle and like 
and human and just like really, really good. Like he's no, really good fantastic. in this movie. It was probably my favorite part of the entire movie. Yeah, he's um, good. He was the strongest character in that yeah. entire first part. And the reason mm-hmm. why is because you need to establish Duke Leto as a strong character in order f- in order to feel the impact for when he dies. Like 100%. He, and not just dies, but a sacrificial pawn went to Arrakis knowing that he was a pawn, that there was a no-win situation and then finding out that, oh, and they're going to kill me too. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, need, you need to have this big character so that when that happens, it's a little, like, gut punch moment. You know what totally. I mean? Totally. So that you feel the things that Paul is going through. And I think that they did that really, really well. Plus, the death of Duke Leto sets up, obviously, like, the, the vision that he had where it sparks a holy war that, mm-hmm. like, blazes across the galaxy. So it's right. in order to do that... You kind of have to, you know, you have to have him be the grounding character of the movie. You know, the emotionally yeah. grounded character of the movie. And I love the forth- the forethought of the novel to find a way within the universe to explain a way why no one has guns, really. Because yep. that, that it, the hand-to-hand combat, it, it is so much more interesting to look at than, like, mm-hmm. a bunch of dudes firing lasers at each other from yep. across a field. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so glad they decided to do that because it's because like it would this movie would have been way more boring if like dudes just showed up and they just oh, were like dude. firing lasers at each other. This movie is completely different if you add pew pew to it. Like, yeah, exactly. Just, <laughs> like it's not the same movie at no. all. You need the visceral sort of oh fuck when the Sarda car come down and you realize that like oh everybody here fights with bladed weapons like there are no guns like the only guns they have are anti-aircraft guns and stuff like that and maybe pistols essentially but like the pistol laser technology isn't as far so it's like so we have personal shields but yeah the whole thing that's interesting too especially Mm -hmm. with the way that they worked in the fighting style is the slow stab because you go slow in through the shields so it, it completely changes your tactics of how you fight which I agree it's much more fascinating to watch. Plus, it also makes the Fremen wholly more terrifying. Yeah. And yeah, and, and, and just real quick from like one more thing. Stylistically, I think there's a, a, a sort of uh, there was obviously a decision made to make all of the like the z- like the idea of like the zero grav like the anti gravity technology mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like Ed, like the the it's called like the in the book it's called the um Something with an H. Some, oh, yes. I, uh, I forget what it's called. But anyway, I like the way they depicted the way people like float and stuff like that because it yeah. doesn't look. It doesn't look it, it kind of almost just looks like people on wires. But I think that's a choice because yeah. it looks more alien that way. Because if someone if you were to walk outside and someone had an anti-gravity suit on and they just started to hover in the air, it would look so weird to you. It wouldn't look the way. It does often in movies where like it just like cuts to a completely CG character and they're flying around. No, like it would, be it would look I would like go back w- inside if I saw. <laughs> it would look like, weird well, and just kind of to be outside today. <laughs> yeah, like when whenever um, the the Baron like rose up and stuff like that, it always looked yeah. really cool. And the way the soldiers came down, it just looked more alien that way. And I thought that was cool. It looks more wiry, but the fact that you see the wires quote yeah wires is yeah. what makes it effective because it looks like technology. 
Yes. Yes. It yeah. looks like technology. Yeah. Everything that's a good way to put did it. It was purposely planned out. And I was just like chef's kissing, like all over the point. She'd be like, oh, you just nailed it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I've been waiting 20 years to see this movie. I've been waiting 20 years to see a good Dune movie that wasn't some David Cronenberg fever dream. And I finally got it. And even if they never make the other two, because if the second one does well, he's going to do Dune Messiah, which I think is going to blow people's mm-hmm. minds in a way that they're not prepared for, because that book gets flipping weird. I cannot wait. It's going to be strange. (laughs) Uh, Next time I have you on the show, uh, I will have thought about doing a lot more. We both will have, and we can wax on poetically about it. I will have watched it several more times. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, I'll let you go for now. Derek, where can people find you online? You can find me at Cinephile84, C-I-N-E-P-H-I-L-E-8-4 on Instagram, and Derek underscore Nickel, D-E-R-E-K underscore N-I-C-K-E-L on Twitter. All right, you can find me uh, at Asan the DJ across social media. That's at A H S O H N the DJ. You can find episodes of this podcast and more at Weekly Regular on social media and at weeklyregular.com. Derek, thank you so much, and I will My see pleasure. you next time, and we'll see y'all next week. Maybe. <laughs> All right, man. I'll see you soon. All right. Bye. <laughs>